You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum. Chris, let's date, let's just dive into kind of like a state of the New York Giants. Look, no one anticipated that the Giants would make it to the divisional round, defeating a 13-4 team in the wild card game. Yeah, I know the Vikings were kind of fraudulent. Still, they won 13 games. Their defense was horrendous. We got that. But the Giants significantly, Chris, overexceeded expectations in 2022, the first year under the tutelage of Brian Dable with that coaching staff and the leadership of Joe Shane. And I got to say, man, Giant fans, we should feel very happy with the state of the New York Giants right now. What do you think, brother? Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And I think it is in large part due to those two men, Joe Shane and Brian Dayball. Uh, What Joe Shane did over the course of this season, actually over the course of the year, dating back to basically just after he was hired a year ago, is honestly nothing short of amazing. The way he was able to navigate the 2022 offseason and the 2022 season with basically no cap room like the giants were right up against the salary cap from what from wire to wire they had to shed salary cap just to be compliant with the rules and yet he was able to find okay maybe not stars but guys who could contribute guys who could fill out the roster guys who could be glue guys in some cases and then navigating the draft getting two players who we expect to be foundational pieces going forward in Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal which we can talk about more more about those guys a little bit later but also getting like a Joshua Zudu who could be a foundational offensive lineman Daniel Bellinger who basically immediately emerged as a starter and a foundational piece for this offense. It That was incredibly impressive. And then also what Brian Dayball did in coaching him, you know, just what he did himself as well as the coaching staff he built was absolutely phenomenal. It was phenomenal. And you put this in the notes and I think it's really apt to describe Brian Dayball and this coaching staff versatile, innovative, and adaptive. And that adaptive part really sticks out to me because when you think about the 2022 New York Giants, you can break this season basically up into fourths when it comes down to how the offense was effective, right? Like starting off, the Giants were running a lot of power gap and they would work the play action bootleg. Like against Chicago, I think they threw the ball like a couple handful of times, but everything was off the play action bootleg, use Daniel Jones' athletic ability. But as the season progressed, we went from giving the football off to Saquon Barkley 35 times against the Houston Texans. That's, of course, a part of the game plan because the Texans can't stop the run to Daniel Jones carving up opponents. 
down the stretch of the season because the quick passing game really developed and it was efficient. And I get it. The Minnesota Vikings sucked their defense. Their Colt, the Colts weren't all that great either. But you still saw an 11 personnel package with an effective quick game that could make hay in the playoffs, right? Now, it didn't work in the divisional round. The counterpunch in the New York Giants just was not strong enough to combat the Philadelphia Eagles, primarily because the Eagles secondary was just sitting on top of all the Giants routes and their pass rush, sending four, was able to get pressure on Daniel Jones. But I still think with upgrading personnel, if Mike Kafka is still here as the head football coach, which is another conversation maybe for another day, that we can look at this offense, even with Daniel Jones as the quarterback or if Saquon Barkley's here or not, and feel very good moving forward. And I look at a guy like Isaiah Hodgins, who Joe Shane added midseason, has to be one of the best midseason additions to a team, like catching over 100 yards in the playoffs and stuff like that. Look at a player like that. He's not a number one wide receiver. Neither is Darius Slate. But if you get a number one wide receiver, to me, that's a very solid number two wide receiver and one who meshes very well with this specific offense where players need to be really smart and they really need to be able to uncover against zone coverage. And that's one of my favorite traits about Isaiah Hodgins running routes, his spatial awareness in general. So little pieces like that that were added by Joe Shane, as you said, they can really assist the foundational pieces that were drafted, the Evan Neals, the Kayvon Thibodeaux, hopefully the Daniel Bellingers, and the Cordell Flots is another one that we didn't bring up. Moving forward in progressing this offense to be a true contender year in, year out to make the playoffs. Yeah, and you talked about how the the Giants' scheme adapted and evolved over the course of the season. And a big reason why they had to do that was the shifting personnel because you know the Giants dealt with injuries all season long. Now, they didn't have a whole lot of season-ending injuries, but they did have a lot of guys miss three, four, five games. Um Sprained MCLs were very big in New York <laughs> this year. It seemed like every week for from like three through, I don't know, nine or so, somebody was spraining their MCL. And the coaching staff just kept cycling guys in. It was truly next man up, even when the next man up wasn't even on the team at that point. And I think you're absolutely right about Isaiah Hodgins. You know, we said this... I, it was either right after the Minnesota game or right after the Philly game. Hodgins is a legit number two wide receiver. I would not feel bad at all about him being the flanker for the Giants next year. I think the Giants do need to find a number one, and we can get into that in a little bit. But I feel honestly good going forward about Wandale Robinson, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Richie James, Colin Johnson when he gets back. As long as they can get that number one to basically set up the matchups for the rest of these guys. That is a very solid receiving core, especially considering how little respect it got during the season. The thing is though, Darius Slate and Richie James might not be here, which is a whole another conversation. Sterling Shepard is another name who is going to be a free agent. And then you have Kenny Galladay setting on the roster who might not be here, but it's not because his contract is running out. It's because he's making a lot of money and not doing anything on the roster except for throwing some really nice blocks, which is unfortunate for the state of the roster. But at least this was the year. 2022 was the year that Joe Shane and the front office was going to be significantly hampered 
So that is now in the past. The Giants are going to have a little bit more flexibility moving forward, although they still have other discussions that they're going to have to have with Leonard Williams' cap number and things of that nature. They're going to have to restructure that. And that's stuff that we'll be talking about pretty extensively here at Big Blue View. But you're right, man, about the the depth on this roster, right? Not even just at the wide receiver position, but you look at guys like Fabian Moreau, Jason Pinnock. You have Darnay Holmes, who was already on the roster, but players who Joe Shane ended up going out and finding midseason. I mean, the entire linebacking core not named Micah McFadden, Jalen Smith, Gerard Davis. I don't know if Smith and Davis are going to be back with the New York Giants. I'm going to be honest with you. Micah McFadden might be the only true linebacker along with Darian Beavers who are going to be competing for linebacker positions. And that's what we'll talk about after the break. I'm sure linebacker is going to be a position that the Giants are going to look to, to improve upon. But it says something, man. When you can go out and find the right personnel to plug into this system, and the coaching staff is able to find a role for them, and they become big contributors for you down the stretch and in the playoffs. Says something about the resilience of the team and the mental toughness of the team. Yeah, and I think that is maybe the biggest thing that Brian Dayball has brought to this team is the kind of mental toughness they haven't had in a long time, really. Uh, I would say certainly since Tom Coughlin was the head coach. You know, the, the Giants didn't have any surrender formation plays this year. Now, granted, they were in pretty much all of the games. They didn't have Mike Lennon starting and, you know, nothing like the end of 2021. But Brian Dayball brought a kind of mental toughness, competitiveness, grittiness, however you want to, however you want to phrase it to this team. And the players all bought in. Yeah, they never gave up throughout the season. They generally played clean games and executed well. Yeah, you know, we did not often see games get away from this team. And I, one of their biggest, one of their biggest keys to victory throughout the season was playing that clean game not making mistakes, not taking penalties and just hanging around and letting the other team get flustered, letting the other team make mistakes and then just exploiting the hell out of them. And that really is testament to the head coach because a lot of these guys were here last year and a lot of these guys let games get away from them in previous years. And we are way too familiar with that, comforting this team and just being around them over the last couple seasons. It seemed to happen quite often. So it's very refreshing. The Giants were able to battle back in the second half so effectively. And Chris, man, right before we go to break, the Giants on offense rank second in the NFL. This is a stat I found last night. Second in the NFL in EPA in the second half. The only team that had better offensive EPA per play in the second half, that's expected points added, right, was the Kansas City Chiefs. And when you think back through this season, just to speak to mental toughness and resilience and all of these adjectives that we love to use, there were times where the Giants were down 17 points and they would battle back and win the freaking football game. Like they were a very resilient team. And that framework is set by this coaching staff. Doesn't mean it's always going to carry over every single game, but we know that the that at least these players have the trust in these coaching staffs to put them in a position to battle back when they do fall into these deep holes. And that's something that I'm proud of as a New York Giant fan. Yes, yeah, certainly. It, the This team never gave up. And 
they were always on the lookout for that break. I mean, you think back to the Baltimore Ravens game. It was like, what, six minutes left in the half. The Ravens were up by two scores. They had about a 98% chance of winning that game. And then a wide receiver screws up his alignment. Yet he just doesn't align in the right place. I believe he covered up the tackle. That it that wiped out a first down. A first down that probably would have all but iced the game for the Ravens. Because they were moving the ball very well. The Giants defense wasn't able to do a whole hell of a lot to stop them. And the offense wasn't doing that much that game either. But then the very next play, Lamar Jackson throws an interception to Julian Love. The Giants score in about 30 seconds, get the ball back again quickly, score again, and win the game. That is the kind of mental toughness that this team has under Brian Dayball. And like you said, that's not going to happen in every game. You you can't wait for your opponents to make a mistake every game because they're not going to oblige you every game. We've seen that throughout the year. But the fact that this team is able to do that, they're able to hang tough, is incredibly impressive. And like I said, just a testament to what Brian Dayball has been able to build in one year. Yeah, I mean, it happened in week one, too. The Giants were down 13 nothing in the second quarter. It happened in, what was that, week five or six against the Green Bay Packers. They were down, I think, 17-3. to So it's been a theme throughout the season, and I hope that the Giants can continue to maintain that next year. And we'll have to wait and find out. But before we get into the second portion of this podcast, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, Chris, I think it's safe to start with the coordinators here. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale. We're not 100% certain if either will be back with the New York Giants. If I'm a betting man, and I have no inside information on this, I think Wink Martindale will be back. He has one interview, but Mike Kafka has three interviews, and we know this league loves their young offensive minds. And that's exactly what Mike Kafka is. This is a Northwestern grad. He coached with Andy Reid. He had so much success with a quarterback that most of the league wrote off. And Daniel Jones, who's looking to get paid north of $30 million a year now. And you could bet, man, every NFL owner is looking at Mike Kafka and being like, this guy can fix this quarterback or this guy knows how to run an offense. He knows how to sequence plays. I think Mike Kafka is one that I'm a little bit nervous about losing. What are your thoughts on this whole defensive and offensive coordinator situation? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think if one of the two guys is back, it's probably going to be Wink Martindale. Uh, just because def- NFL teams, they are moving away from hiring defensive-minded coaches. Yeah, That isn't to say it can't work, but teams know, GMs, owners know, you have to win on offense and you have to basically coach to the quarterback position. It's the most important position on the field. And if you don't have a quarterback who is the reason why you win games, you're going to have a very tough time going all the way. I mean, just really just look at the state of the playoffs right now. <laughs> you know, on one side, you've got the Kansas City Chiefs with Pat Mahomes. Even on one leg, he's Pat Mahomes. You've got Joe Burrow who has... He does a better job of making objectively hard things look easy than anyone I have ever seen. Then you've got Jalen Hurts, who has made an incredible improvement over the last year and a half. And then the 49ers, they're kind of an outlier, but also I Brock Purdy, I think, has stunned the league with how well he is playing as Mr. Irrelevant. Since he's taken over, yes, he has some great weapons around him. He has a phenomenal scheme and offensive mind in Kyle Shanahan. But he is, in a lot of ways, he is playing some of the best football of any quarterback in the NFL right now. So you need that offensive mind, that head coach, who can get the most out of your quarterback. And Mike Kafka has certainly proven he can do that, and he's proven it very, very quickly. And I got to say, being from the Andy Reid coaching tree does not hurt matters any. It does not hurt matters any. And you got to look at those three teams that ask for interviews, the Panthers, the Texans, and the Colts. All three of those teams will likely have some sort of young quarterback that they're looking to groom. In the Panthers case, I think they still have Sam Darnold under contract. I don't know if he's going to end up being there long-term, but he's another player that if the Panthers do opt to go in another direction and don't invest in the quarterback position, which I don't think they will do, they could still hope that Mike Kafka can do what he did with Daniel Jones for Sam Darnold. Just kind of another little nugget in terms of this whole coaching situation. But there are other coaching candidates that a lot of I guess you could say NFL pundits and such are, are getting really excited about. But if we transition a little bit to just 
this overall roster. Free agency is going to come up on us soon enough, Chris, which is exciting, man. I like free agency. I don't think the Giants are going to be huge spenders, but maybe they can land one big contract to help rectify one of their glaring needs, specifically on the defensive side of the football. But we have five position groups written down here in the in the dock. And what do you think is the most important position that the Giants need to upgrade out of the five, which are wide receiver, interior offensive line, cornerback, linebacker, and then edge? And I think we put edge there because there's going to be a lack of depth if some of these guys end up leaving and Aziz Ojolari's health. Yeah, of them, I think wide receiver kind of has to be the most important. Like we said in the first half, the the Giants do not have a number one wide receiver. They're pretty good at like two through five or six, but you need that number one guy. You need that one guy who can command defensive attention, who forces defenses to cover him or makes them pay if they try to lock him down one-on-one. I'm not sure if who that guy will be for the Giants in 2023, but they they really do need to find him. Yeah, they're drafting late. They've got the well, it's the 25th overall pick in the first round. Otherwise, it will be the 26th uh, because the Miami Dolphins have forfeited their first round pick. You're probably you can find good receivers there. You might not be getting a Jamar Chase level player, but. The NFL does have a habit of sleeping on some good players for what in retrospect seem to be pretty inane reasons, you know, like, like DK Metcalf dropping because of his three cone time, <laughs> you know, things like that. But I would also yeah, say, I remember you know, that one. That was, that was a rough one. <laughs> yeah, that, that was just silly. <laughs> like, did, did you watch this guy play at all? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Moving on. But then also you've got interior offensive line. I I don't know if that is center or right guard. The Giants have bodies at guard. They've got Ben Bredesen. They've got Nick Gates. They've got Joshua Zudu. They've got Marcus McKeithen. Do they have two starters out of that group? Or is it center? Do you roll with John Feliciano, maybe try to move Nick Gates back to center, maybe Ben Bredesen over to center? Like the, The Giants have bodies there, but if they can find an upgrade, like a clear upgrade at either center or right guard, I think that's that's something they definitely have to look long and hard at. Linebacker is um, obvious. Right now, the Giants' best linebackers are probably Micah McFadden and Landon Collins. So, yeah, there there's room for improvement there. For cornerback, I like Aaron Robinson. But I think he might be best in the slot. And right now, there I think you kind of have to have questions about his health considering he's missed significant time in the last two seasons. Also have to have questions about Adoree Jackson and his health because he misses time regularly. He is a good corner when he is healthy. He is a great run defending corner. I think that gets overlooked a lot, but he is very good at coming down and defending the run. And that, that was low key, a big improvement for the giants at the very end of the season. But I think getting a 1A or 1B and then improving the overall depth at cornerback that way would be very important and very good for this defense. Linebacker isn't the most important position in terms of positional value in the NFL, right? But I think it's their biggest need. Now, it's difficult to weigh how much the 
how important that is because I do agree with you. I think you need cornerback help for this Wink Martindale defense. I think you could easily use a wide receiver one to help the offense be a little bit more high octane to help the offense be a little bit more explosive. Again, this team was dead last in explosive plays like that needs to be rectified moving forward. And we know Daniel Jones, his yards per attempt was among one of the lowest in the league. It was a part of the offensive design. But if you were to add a true difference-making number one type of receiver, a Justin Jefferson, a Garrett Wilson, all of that would improve, which would also open up more for the Isaiah Hodgins and the maybe hopefully Sterling Shepard if he can come back healthy and Wondell Robinsons of the world. But I do think, man, just looking at the roster and seeing the players on the roster, that linebacker is probably their biggest need. I just don't know how you value that relative to their other needs. Because the two guys that you mentioned, bro, like Micah McFadden was a healthy scratch against Philadelphia and against Minnesota. And then Landon Collins, he didn't even play a defensive snap against Philadelphia. So there is just there's a real big issue with that position. And I expect Joe Shane to attempt to rectify it in the offseason. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. The the question with linebacker does come down to how you value that position because, you know, we saw Wink Martindale doesn't value it tremendously. Like the, the Giants had a solid linebacker in Blake Martinez, but they just didn't really seem to care much if he stayed. They moved the Mike, the green dot back to the safety position they use so many sub packages that none of these guys are on the field a tremendous amount. Like the Giants don't really use three down linebackers under Wick Martindale. Now, maybe that changes if the Giants have a guy who can play the run, he can blitz, he can cover, he can do all of the different things that a modern off ball linebacker needs to do if he's got the speed and range to hang with modern tight ends to stay with running backs out of the backfield or potentially match up on on wide receivers if that matchup is forced by the offense you know, part of the problem is just offensive offenses have gotten so good at isolating linebackers and put putting them in no win situations that it, sometimes you're your third defensive back, your third safety is a better option than your best linebacker. And we saw that a lot this season. I mean, the Giants led the league in quarter personnel, seven plus defensive back, and it wasn't even close. The Raiders were second, but they were like, I think 10%. They were, I think, um, almost 10 percentile points behind the Giants. The Giants love to use seven plus defensive backs. But Chris, you have any stats on the the offense we want to go over before we get out of here? Maybe some things that the Giants might look to improve upon now that they're entering the offseason? Yeah, you, you talked about making the offense a little more high octane, and I think I think the Giants they absolutely need that. Yeah, you know, the offense was not as bad as it had been in previous years, but it was still kind of anemic. It, for most of the season, the Giants averaged between 18 and 19 points per game. They were, over the course of the regular season, outscored 351 points to 371 by their opponents. And this is a team that won nine games, but were still outscored. And, you know, in the first half, you said that the Vikings were 
maybe a little bit fraudulent as the uh, the third seed at winning as many games as they did. They were another team that was outscored. So th- that is a problem for the Giants. Now, the Vikings were outscored because they had a great offense, but they had an absolutely terrible defense. The Both the Giants' offense and defense were better than they had any right to be going by the a lot of the personnel they had on the field, but they were also flawed. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. And then, you know, the passing game, you talked about how the Giants just had a short range passing attack. A lot of that was the quick game that they found so effective that meshed, meshed well with the personnel they had available. But the Giants had the lowest intended air yards. That means the, the ball traveled the shortest distance in the air downfield for any team in the NFL. That's 6.3 yards in the air. Uh, just for comparison, that trailed Matt Ryan. Or I should say the ghost of Matt Ryan. And <laughs> that, their completed air yards were just 4.9. So that's less than 15 feet downfield in the air. And the Giants had the lowest air yards to the stick. They were throwing the ball the shortest from the first down marker of any team in the NFL. And there are probably a lot of reasons why the Giants had such a short range offense. Part of it, I think, was just risk aversion. Yeah, they did not put the ball in jeopardy all that often. Part of it was probably the offensive line. Part of it was probably the we'll say shifting <laughs> wide receiver group. And you know, I think addressing some of the, the needs on this roster will allow them to open the offense up that much more because those real short range passes are not terribly valuable as far as making you more likely to score. However, I, th- I think if the Giants can open that offense up more, look further down the field, look to like throw in the 10 to 15 yard range more frequently, that would lead to a lot more points for them. And I think the Giants, they have the framework in place to allow that to work as long as the protection can hold up. But additions along this roster at a lot of positions will help Daniel Jones, if he is the quarterback, achieve that. So we're looking forward to covering the New York Giants through free agency and, of course, through the draft to see who the new faces and the new players on this team will be. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so yet, like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. That really helps us. And then head on over to BigBlueView.com for all of our written content. Thank you, everyone. Take care of each other and have a lovely one. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. 
first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.